Hello, and welcome to On Walking the Way. This week, we're going to continue our Walk Through the Beatitudes, Part 4, Hungering for Righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. This is Matthew 5, 6. There are, it seems, three ways to be hungry. One is through poverty, another through self-denial, and another through hard work. Jesus has already talked about poverty of spirit, so we could look at this blessing as an extension of the first beatitude. But I think there's more to look at here beyond our bare need of righteousness. Today, I would like to look at spiritual hunger from a few other angles as well. When we first experience the love of Christ, we're overjoyed with the realization that God is real and that He truly cares about us. His gift of grace, so undeserved, fills us to overflowing. But as time goes on, there are many things that can mask our ongoing need and many things we hunger for other than righteousness. Like candy, these things ruin our appetite for good food. Those that are hungry for power and control seem to get everything in the current world order. In the kingdom of God, however, those that hunger for righteousness are the ones that will finally be satisfied. Again, we see the contrast between those whose focus is on this present world only and those whose eyes are on eternity. Hungering for righteousness in an unrighteous world can be a recipe for frustration rather than satisfaction. But in this simple statement, we see a promise of a future where righteousness can be known. But more than that, these promises are not simply a promise of a better world someday. This promise, in particular, is a promise that can be realized in this life. Though perhaps not as fully as in the next age, we will know the righteousness of God in this life if we truly hunger for it. For Christ is the righteousness of God, and by faith we are in him and he is in us. Though at the time that Jesus delivered this message, this promise was still veiled, Jesus is actually offering his own righteousness to anyone that truly hungers for it. This promise was first offered by God through Isaiah, repeated here by Jesus, and finally and fully declared in the book of Revelation. Isaiah 66, 2. All these things my hand has made, and so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Isaiah 55, 1 and 2. And finally, the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Revelation 22, 17. This is God's intent from the beginning. This is his offer to all those who truly hunger and thirst for righteousness and life. God has paid the price in Jesus so that all may know, all may drink and be filled, and all may find life in his Son. Now, 
To those who have known the blessing of God's righteousness through Jesus, there are other aspects of hungering for righteousness that should not be overlooked. The first thing that comes to mind is apathy. Apathy has many sources, but they all end up the same, a lack of desire. When it comes to the lack of desire for righteousness, this disease becomes very, very serious. It threatens the very life of our soul, so understanding spiritual apathy is important. In my experience, apathy seeps in slowly while we're engaged in other things. They can be good things or bad things. They can even be religious things. In the end, it does not matter what it is. It can be anything that dulls our appetite for Jesus and his righteousness. The biblical world is idolatry, but nobody likes that word because that's what bad people do. The truth is, idolatry is so often discussed in the Bible because it is so very common. The same can be said of self-righteousness. We really hate that trait too, at least in others. The cure for this is given to us by Paul in the 8th chapter of Romans. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Today and every day we need to check our compasses. Where are we fixing our mind? Do we hunger for Jesus and His righteousness? Or do we just settle for the next thing that life offers? For a final encouragement, I want to give some advice I first heard many years ago from Tim Keene, who was one of a handful of pastors that God used to shape my life. He said, at least how I remember it, if you want to be thirsty for God, you should try going out and getting in the spiritual battle. In other words, spiritual work will make you spiritually hungry. You'll feel the need for righteousness when you focus your eyes on spiritual things and begin swimming upstream with all your might against the tide of this unrighteous world. As we focus on that which is above, when we work against the unrighteousness of this world, when we feel the oppression of this world, we will quickly recognize our need. And as we recognize our need, we will feel the hunger. Then, when we are truly hungry for righteousness, we shall be filled. Join me today as we walk this path together, keeping Jesus as the source, the sustainer, the path, and the goal of our journey to everlasting life. Have a great week, and we'll talk again next week.